rested upon a person of a florid style of attraction, there was the strongest probability that she would turn out to be a countess. The countesses looked so superficial, and the others looked so exclusive. Now Littlemore distinguished at a glance. He never made mistakes. Simply for looking at them, it doesn't matter, I suppose, said Waterville ingenuously, answering his companion's rather cynical inquiry. You stare at them all alike, Littlemore went on, still without moving, except, indeed, when I tell you that they're not respectable, then your attention acquires a fixedness. If your judgment is against this lady, I promise never to look at her again. I mean the one in the third box from the passage, in white with the red flowers, he added, as Littlemore slowly rose and stood beside him. The young man is leaning forward. It is the young man that makes me doubt of her. Will you have the glass? Littlemore looked about him without concentration. No, I thank you. My eyes are good enough. The young man's a very good young man, he added in a moment. Very, indeed, but he's several years younger than she. Wait till she turns her head. She turned it very soon. She apparently had been speaking to the ouvreuse at the door of the box and presented her face to the public. A fair, well-drawn face with smiling eyes, smiling lips, ornamented over the brow with delicate rings of black hair and in each ear with the sparkle of a diamond sufficiently large to be seen across the Théâtre Français. Littlemore looked at her, then, abruptly, he gave an exclamation, "'Give me the glass!' "'Do you know her?' his companion asked, as he directed the little instrument. Littlemore made no answer, he only looked in silence, then he handed back the glass. "'No, she's not respectable,' he said, and he dropped into his seat again. As Waterville remained standing, he added, "'Please sit down. I think she saw me.' "'Don't you want her to see you?' asked Waterville, the interrogator, taking his seat. Littlemore hesitated. "'I don't want to spoil her game.' By this time the entracte was at an end. The curtain rose again. It had been Waterville's idea that they should go to the theatre. Littlemore, who was always for not doing a thing, had recommended that the evening being lovely, they should simply sit and smoke at the door of the Grand Café in a decent part of the boulevard. Nevertheless, Rupert Waterville enjoyed the second act even less than he had done the first, which he thought heavy. He began to wonder whether his companion would wish to stay to the end, a useless line of speculation, for now that he had got to the theatre, Littlemore's objection to doing things would certainly keep him from going. Waterville also wondered what he knew about the lady in the box. Once or twice he glanced at his friend, and then he saw that Littlemore was not following the play. He was thinking of something else. He was thinking of that woman. When the curtain fell again, he sat in his place, making way for his neighbors as usual to edge past him, grinding his knees. His legs were long with their own protuberances. When the two men were alone in the stalls, Littlemore said, I think I should like to see her again, after all. He spoke as if Waterville might have known all about her. Waterville was conscious of not doing so, but as there was evidently a good deal to know, he felt that he should lose nothing by being a little discreet. So for the moment he asked no questions. He only said, Well, here's the glass. Littlemore gave him a glance of good-natured compassion. I don't mean that I want to stare at her with that beastly thing. I mean to see her as I used to see her. "'How did you use to see her?' asked Waterville, bidding farewell to discretion. 
on the back piazza at San Diego. And as his interlocutor, in receipt of this information, only stared, he went on, Come out where we can breathe, and I'll tell you more. They made their way to the low and narrow door, more worthy of a rabbit hutch than of a great theater, by which you pass from the stalls of the comedie to the lobby, and as Littlemore went first, his ingenuous friend behind him could see that he glanced up at the box in the occupants of which they were interested. The more interesting of these had her back to the house. She was apparently just leaving the box after her companion, but as she had not put on her mantle, it was evident that they were not quitting the theater. Littlemore's pursuit of fresh air did not lead him into the street. He had passed his arm into Waterville's, and when they reached that fine, frigid staircase which ascends to the foyer, he began silently to mount it. Littlemore was averse to active pleasures, but his friend reflected that now...